Hi, I'm Andrea. And I'm Sam. We're so excited to bring you a special Thanksgiving bonus episode of Fly on the Wall. That's right. In this interview, we sat down with David Bergstein, Director of Communications for the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, or DSCC for short. He gave us the inside scoop on the 2022 Senate map and the Democratic Party's midterm campaign messaging. If you're as thankful for the fly as we are for you, our listeners, then make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And tap that follow button on social media. Just search us up. Our handle is at flyonthewallpod. And, of course, we'd love to hear what's buzzing in your minds, too. So drop us a line at our Georgetown University email address at flyonthewall at georgetown.edu. Enjoy this bonus episode with DSCC comms director David Bergstein. So, David, thanks so much for joining us here on Fly on the Wall. We're so excited to have you. Yeah, it's great to be with you. So, um, obviously, it's been a big week in politics. Um, you know, we just got out of the Virginia governor's race, which many people regard as a bellwether for um, for how the nation is looking. Maybe, maybe not this year. Uh, hard to say. And, of course, we've had big announcements in New Hampshire with um, Sununu announcing that he won't be running on the GOP side. So what have been the biggest headlines that you've been watching um, from your perspective? Yeah, I think there's been a couple of things that have really uh, shaken up the Senate map from our perspective. One is that massive recruitment failure from national Republicans when it comes to Sununu. I mean, Rick Scott and Mitch McConnell were basically uh, standing outside Sununu's bedroom window with a boombox <laughs> trying to get him to do everything he could to get into this race. And he took one look at the way McConnell has run his caucus and the agenda that Republicans would be running on, and he said he didn't want to have anything to do with this race. He also took a hard look at the strength of Senator Hassan and her record of accomplishments and deep connection to the state of New Hampshire and, and made the call that he didn't want to jump in. So that's a really massive recruitment failure for national Republicans, and it has implications across the Senate map. But I, I think if you look really at, at Senate races across the 2022 battlegrounds, you're gonna, you'll see that Republicans are putting forward a series of extremely flawed candidates who are stuck right now in vicious and, in many cases, expensive Republican primaries. Uh, you've got people like Sean Parnell uh, in Pennsylvania, Herschel Walker in Georgia, uh, Adam Laxalt in Nevada, Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. These are all Republican candidates who have, uh, you know, deep personal and political vulnerabilities. In the cases of folks uh, like Sean Parnell and, and other candidates, they're stuck in very vicious Republican primaries. And so those dynamics are creating real headwinds for Republicans across the Senate map. And, and whoever comes out of some of those Republican primaries is likely going to be very damaged and going to start off the general election in a weakened position. On the other side of the aisle or of, of the coin, the other big development over the last couple of days has been Democrats signing our historic bipartisan infrastructure deal. You know, this is an example of how Senate Democrats have kept our promises and we're delivering good paying jobs. We're delivering investments in programs like clean water, high speed Internet, um, roads, bridges, things that voters really can see and care about. 
It will help us outcompete countries like China by investing in things like ports and the supply chain. It will lower costs. And so this is going to be a powerful argument that our Senate Democratic incumbents are going to run on. And it's going to be a tough set of popular proposals for Republican Senate candidates to explain why they're opposed to. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you, know, you mentioned um, you know, using the bipartisan infrastructure bill as, as, as the evidence of Democrats getting things done. And I'm curious, um, when you go about more broadly building a communications message mm-hmm. for uh, Senate Democrats and uh, candidates for Democratic candidates for Senate, um, what does that work look like in building that message, especially when you think about how varied states across the country are? How do you build a message uh, from your perspective at the DSCC um, mm-hmm. that works across the country? Yeah, well, it, it really starts with focusing on what voters care most deeply about, what their top priorities are. And what we see is that, you know, issues like really good infrastructure, uh, you know, roads, bridges, jobs, clean drinking water, the policy proposals that are contained within the bipartisan infrastructure deal really rise to the top of many voters' concerns across the Senate battleground states. And so the fact that our Senate Democrats and Democratic campaigns will be able to campaign on this agenda is a real boost for us. Um, I also think it's a problem that Republican candidates are opposing these proposals. And, And then what you'll see is Senate Democrats and our campaigns going out there and selling this law. We'll be standing in front of the bridges like President Biden did today, standing in front of uh, the solar energy facilities, standing in front of the clean water facilities, and talking about how Democrats are making investments in these very tangible uh, programs and uh, and sites in, in voters' communities that they really care about. Uh, another huge uh, priority for voters is lowering costs, and particularly the cost of health care. And I think we're very close to passing a budget that will uh, lower costs for voters like health care, that will cut taxes for working families, and address many of the other concerns that voters say they're most focused on. And you'll see us selling that as well in, in Senate states across the country. And going off of that, how do you also tackle, with so much political divide now, how do you tackle as like the communications director the polarization between the two parties and as well as like internally within the Democratic Party? How um, do you send out a message that will unite voters and get them out to vote? Well, I, I think the fact that Democrats have done what Republicans would not do and brought both parties together to pass this infrastructure bill is a really clear demonstration that we are leading the Senate and leading the government in a better way than Republicans did under Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump. You know, for years, (laughs) uh, Infrastructure Week was a joke for Republicans. And under Senate Democrats and under President Biden's leadership, we've actually been able to bring both political parties together and tackle a really important issue that will improve voters' lives in a very meaningful way. So I think that's a clear example of how our Senate Democrats will be able to make the argument to voters that they are changing how Washington works, that they are bringing both sides together, and that they are getting results. You know, the, the folks who are running for Senate this year, particularly our incumbents, Senator Hassan, Senator Warnock, Senator Cortez Masto, Senator Kelly, 
they're all problem solvers who know how to tackle really big issues. And this bipartisan infrastructure bill is a clear example of how they've been able to bring Republicans together to reach across the aisle and focus on a priority that's important to voters of all political ideologies. And you're going to see us talking about it on the campaign trail from now until November 2022. Mm. So thank you so much for sitting down with us. It's great to have this perspective. Um, Here at GU Politics, and especially on Fly on the Wall, as contentious as politics can get, we like to end things on a lighter note. Yeah, lay it on me. So here's a lightning round first answer that pops into your head. Lay it on us. Okay. Um, is one app on your phone that you couldn't live without oh jeez this is so lame but uh probably uber eats <laughs> that's the honest answer i get a lot of delivery <laughs> what's what's the uber eats order what's the go-to oh it's either farm bird or nando's that's, like, that's the truth I'm, that's I, eat a lot, I eat a lot of chicken yeah. and what's your go-to christmas song this season go-to christmas song man Whew. <laughs> I don't know if I have a go-to Christmas song. So I don't really celebrate. I'm Jewish, so I don't really celebrate Christmas. My um, go-to Christmas song. Well, I this is not a Christmas song, but one thing that a lot of people don't know about me is I'm a big Jaw Rule fan, and so uh, my go-to like karaoke or like song at the jukebox is uh, Jaw Rule. I'll probably put it on me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's that's been my biggest uh, mm-hmm. post-pandemic hope is the return of karaoke. I love it. Could be, com- could be coming back. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. All right, well, David Bergstein, thank you so much for joining us here on the, on the fly. Yeah, of course. Good to be on with you. We hope you enjoyed our Thanksgiving bonus episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at FlyOnTheWall, and subscribe to us to keep up with the buzz on how politics really works. And from the fly team to you, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving filled with the company of friends and family, and of course, some pumpkin pie. That's right, Andrea. The flies are so grateful for the support of the Georgetown University Institute of Politics and Public Service, and of course, to our listeners. Do the whole fly team a favor and don't eat all your Thanksgiving leftovers. Make sure to leave some food out for the flies. We will catch you next time.